You are listening to the Tricorder Transmissions. Weekly Trek, Episode 1, third week of April, 2018. Trek. This is our latest in a long line of shows from the wonderful Tricorder Transmissions Network. We plan to do this once a week. We will give you quick updates on everything. We'll talk about exciting new developments in the entertainment franchise with the movies and the comic books and whatnot. And every now and then we'll pick up one exciting product or two that we have seen going around the internet that we bought for ourselves because we're all nerds and we love cool nerd stuff and we'll just talk about it. So this show is mainly just a celebration of everything we love while also giving you news and updates that you might not have picked up about the Trek world that our wonderful researchers and podcasters get a hold of and we'll just talk about them and our hope is to start conversations about all these updates and it's just another way for us to express how much we love Star Trek. Couldn't have said it better myself, Shashank. By the way, uh, I'm joined by my co-host Shashank. I'm Marty Ali. I'm from Reading Trek. You're from Polytreks. The concept of the show, we're going to have rotating hosts from within the Tricorder Network each week. So you won't hear the same voices all the time. But it's basically going to be like the 6 o'clock news, but for Star Trek. Absolutely. I, I got so excited about just talking about the show, I completely forgot to introduce ourselves. That shows the <laughs> high professional standard that I have. <laughs> that's, so that's glad okay. you're here to save us. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. We're going to run down some of the news this week. Black alert, we have some Star Trek Discovery casting news from StarTrek.com. Quote, Anson Mount has been tapped to play Captain Christopher Pike of the USS Enterprise in a soon-to-film second season of Star Trek Discovery, Mount, who was born in Illinois and raised in Tennessee, counts among his many film and television credits, Crossroads, Smallville, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, Lost, Dollhouse, Straw Dogs, and Nonstop, as well as the recent series Hell on Wheels and Inhumans. Shashank, what do you think about this casting announcement? I could spend two hours just talking about how much I love Hell on Wheels. Hell on Wheels is one of my favorite Western shows. I love Westerns and I didn't think they could get any better until I actually saw Hell on Wheels. In Hell on Wheels, Anson Mount plays a protagonist who's a tragic character, someone who's on the wrong side of the Civil War and has ended up in a, in a situation where he has to work with people who fundamentally disagree with him and are out to get him in this wonderful Western town setting. It's an incredible show and he plays a very, very flawed character. The reason I bring that up is because as soon as I heard this casting news, I could immediately see Anson Mount as Christopher Pike because just like Cullen Bohannon in Hell on Wheels, Christopher Pike has so many, there are so many deep issues that he struggles with, as evidenced in the first first episode we see him in, in the backdoor pilot episode. It's an incredibly, incredibly good casting choice, and I cannot wait to see what Anson Mount does. What, what do you think? I think it was a great choice. I was looking at some photos on Twitter earlier um, that did some side-by-side comparisons with Anson and um, 
Jeffrey Hunter, and they 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 definitely nailed it with this casting announcement. One of the cooler things is this is just the cherry on top of our delicious cake, but Anson Mount is a full-out nerd. He has a podcast that he hosts. He has as soon as yeah. this casting as soon as this casting announcement came out, you should if you go see the tweet he made. He talks about the the first time he actually saw Star Trek and how he remembers that very day and where he saw it and where he was. It's a beautiful, touching joy to just see that someone who loves the show is finally going to be on it. And we finally get to explore Christopher Pike, who I think is one of those great unexplored characters in the Star Trek TV franchise. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to see um, what comes of this. Um, But we also had another casting announcement this week. Shashank, do you want to tell us about that one? Absolutely. We found out just a little bit after the Anson Mount casting that Tig Notaro has been uh, cast in the second season as well uh, in a very mysterious guest starring role from Deadline.com, quote, Star Trek Discovery has enlisted stand-up comedian and one Mississippi star, Tig Notaro, in a guest starring role for season two. She'll play Chief Engineer Dennis Reno of the USS Hiawatha. No additional information about Chief Engineer Dennis Reno has been revealed and the character doesn't seem to be in the Star Trek canon. CBS All Access has not confirmed which episode she'll be appearing in. What do you think of this? I think it'll be really interesting. Um, Tig is is typically a comedian um, and I know she's, she's good friends with Sarah Silverman who was a guest star on Voyager. So I'm excited to see what kind of character she's going to be playing. If it's going to be more of a lighthearted character, or if it's going to be more of a serious character. I really would actually like her to play a very serious character because I think it's time that she, like most comedian actors, get get away from that comedian idea that she has built up for her perception. And I think this is a really good opportunity for her. She's an openly homosexual actress, which is another really good casting choice direction that they're taking it in, that they're they're bringing in more and more of these characters, character actors that we can identify with on a, on a larger base. But more importantly, the fact that she's from a comedy, I think, will give her this hunger to play a real serious actor in a real serious sci-fi show. So I'm, I'm hoping secretly that she'll play a very serious character. But if she does come in as a lighthearted funny, friendly character, I will take it. Tignotaro is very, very talented. Yeah, I agree. And I think comedic actors can play uh, serious roles very, very easily because of what you said. They hunger for that kind of change of pace and everything like that. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be something to watch for sure. I'm, I'm very we, excited. These are, hopefully these are we find out more about her before the season starts too. I really hope we don't. This could just be a difference for both of us, but I don't want to find out anything about Christopher Pike or this new character. I just want to go into season two and enjoy all that goodness. This could just be my selfish, I don't want spoilers attitude, but it's so much better when I just discover everything on my own. As of this recording, they are going to start filming season two tomorrow, which is super exciting. I saw the Doug Jones... uh, Instagrammy viney video where he sh- he's uh, shaved his head off. So it's you're right, man. We're we're uh, it, we're minutes away from that 
filming to start. It's it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Speaking of Doug Jones and Saru, that was a nice handoff there, Shashank. Uh, the cover <laughs> and synopsis for James Swallow's upcoming Discovery novel, Fear Itself, has been revealed. Here's the official synopsis. Lieutenant Saru is a Kelpian, a member of a prey species born on a world overrun by monstrous predators and a being who is intimately understands the nature of fear. Challenged on all sides, he is determined to surpass his origins and succeed as a Starfleet officer aboard the USS Shenzo. But when Saru breaks protocol in order to prove himself to his crewmates, what begins as a vital rescue mission to save a vessel in distress soon escalates out of control. Forced into a command role he may not be ready for, Saru is caught between his duty and the conflicting agendas of two antagonistic alien races. To survive, he will need to seek a path of peace against all odd and risk compromising the very ideals he has sworn to uphold. This sounds very intriguing. I'm excited to see yet another layer of Saru. It seems like over the first season, we saw so many unexpected directions that character took and this just seems like another in a long line of canon adding layers that Saru has and he is right up there with all the other select few characters in the most interesting characters that seem to keep coming out of the new Star Trek uh, the post 2009 Star Trek that we've been enjoying yeah I agree with you I think Saru's an incredibly complex character so I can't wait to dive into this and and see what comes out of it you can bet that Reading Trek will be covering it, and I think we're going to be joined by our um, our discovery guru, Heather Barker, for this one. So um, keep an eye out for that. Um, Fear itself will be out June 5th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. It, it's a, it'll, it'll also, I'm sure, be available online digitally, which is where I get most of my yes. reading. But I cannot and on wait audiobook for, for people who like audiobooks. Absolutely, and I'm sure it'll be someone we know, someone we enjoy listening to. It'll it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to read. I have faith in James Swallow. He's written a few other Star Trek novels in the past, but this has been a bit of a break for him. And this will be, I believe, his uh, if I'm if I'm not wrong, his first Discovery franchise novel. So I'm pretty. I'm going to ca- be cautiously optimistic, but I'm positive that just with this plot alone, they had me. So I'm going to jump into it all all guns blazing and i'm excited to read the book and i'm excited to hear your review about it and i'm sure if it's anything like the other two discovery novels it'll be it'll be fantastic so i'm really looking forward to that one you can also listen to the reviews of those other two novels if i'm not wrong on reading track is that right that's correct we have already covered the first two novels um, one of which we were joined by Heather Barker as well. So so I hear we have some other little tidbits from Trekcore.com. You mind if I get into those? Yeah, go for it. For the first one, for those vinyl soundtrack collectors out there, Jeff Russo's Star Trek Discovery soundtrack has now been revealed by Lakeshore Records coming this summer, featuring 28 tracks from the first season of Discovery, Selected from the Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 separate albums, the two records special edition arrives in a limited release format in 140 gram vinyl pressed in wild intergalactic starburst coloring and includes printed inner sleeves. 
I am I am looking at a picture of this artwork and the record itself. This is gorgeous. Would you agree? Beautiful. I want to buy this just to hang on my wall. Like, I don't even yeah, want to listen. To, I don't even have like a player. I just want. I just want it because it's pretty. And the artwork on the the vinyl disc itself is so yeah. captivating and hypnotic. I would stick up a record player on my wall, just hammer it in there, and just let this record turn, so I can just sit and watch the record move. <laughs> Oh yeah, I didn't think about how it would look when it's spinning. That's really cool. For those who haven't seen it, it's got the the album art on the back has got that kind of like pink and orange Discovery logo with the starship um, kind of going diagonally across the page, and then the disc itself. One side of it is is like a pink nebulous color, and the other side is blue, and it's really really gorgeous. You got to take a look at it if you haven't seen it. It's beautiful and. both the star trek discovery artwork that we're looking at which i believe is the inner flap and the top cover they're both uh, parts of the poster of star trek discovery one of yeah. them is just the 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 ship going above and uh, ship going below and star trek steam across and the other one is that popular michael burnham one person pose where she's standing on a rock and in front of it is the giant starfleet logo it's it's beautiful man and i see some other artwork that's in there this is going to be a steal yeah at 35 i think i think everybody needs to own this just like the new discovery book this is available for pre-order it's due out july 13th you can i you can bet this will i don't know which particular edition i'll be buying it in but you can bet this will be in my car soundtrack list for a long long time i love that soundtrack Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. I already have it um on Apple Music because I subscribe to their unlimited streaming plan, but I'm I'm definitely going to purchase this just just to look at. So um we have some DS9 documentary updates from the What You Left Behind documentary from trekmovie.com. We have quote the team working on What We Left Behind, the documentary chrono chronicling the production and lasting impact of Star Trek Deep Space 9 poked their heads up from the huge task of editing all the interviews archival footage and newly remastered episodic clips to give an update since their last big showing at Star Trek Las Vegas last summer the new update explains to Indiegogo backers why it is taking so long to edit the documentary um from the Indiegogo campaign they said well for starters we've got over 100 hours of new interviews with cast and crew to go through plus fan submissions archival materials animations audition tapes convention footage and over 170 broadcast episodes endless possibilities and sure you say you'd be down to see a 4 hour documentary but really that's just excessive even for us carefully and artfully assembling everything down into a reasonable length film is an even longer process from what i read uh, of what we have presented so far it sounds like the task has just gotten a lot bigger than they anticipated i remember at stlv last year they were inviting fans to come down and speak at the ira steven bear little presentation room that he had set up where he would, he did his little spiel before people came up and stood in front of a camera and they talked about how they felt about the show and i believe that's what he's referring to as these fan submissions and I I cannot wait for this documentary but I'm beginning to feel a little a little discouraged just by hearing about 
how long it's taking because if I'm not wrong, this was supposed to come out sometime last year and now it's already been stretched into this year and with what they're describing it just seems like there is uh there are not enough people just not enough people to get this done in a plausible coherent way so it can be out for us to enjoy but that being said i am incredibly excited i really hope it comes out this year because it'll make sense that it's in the 25th anniversary of ds9 and we finally get to get some of that juicy behind the scenes stuff which i have always yes. wanted to see yes um the interview goes on to say the good news is that they're continuing to find new elements and stories they are committed to making the best standalone film they can however long that takes they're planning on releasing hours of bonus contents later on down the line um, but the real big story here is that thanks to exceeding all their goals in funding the team was able to negotiate with cbs for the rights to remaster selected scenes in hd for the documentary and they go on to say that it's expensive, time-intensive, and it's lengthening their post-process, but it is beautiful. And I don't know if you've seen any of the, the pictures that they've released online showing the space station in HD, but it's it's pretty beautiful. I believe it was Trekcore or someone who posted a tweet that went around with those pictures. Oh man, that 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 is amazing. That Everything that I've seen so far if this was out on a Blu-ray, I would save, I would stop eating if I had to just to get the copy of this HD so I could sit and watch it and let my eyes dry out. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a video I saw recently that was a total, um, like a test test clip they did of a space battle, mm -hmm. but they converted it to HD. I don't know if anyone's seen that and I'm not quite sure where to find it. But I, I watched that, it was like a five, 10 second clip. And it was it was pretty beautiful. It was a defiant um, swooping in on another ship, firing their torpedoes with an explosion. And um, even if we just get the footage that's in the documentary, I still think it'll be incredible. I don't think CBS is planning to go in and redo all of Deep Space Nine in HD, but maybe this film will give them the push they need to get it done. I hope at some point there is some initiative taken on that end, though, simply because the show at this point has to have enough fans who'd support this and buy it, right? Am I crazy? No, I think I think you're right. I think it would be well worth the time and, and money. I also attended one STLV panel last year where they're saying it would at least be a few million dollars for doing the entire show in HD, but Ooh. just... Yeah, but just... Just from the understanding that I have of the fan base, it has just grown with time. There have been yeah. so many people that have Especially caught on with, with it. Especially with it being readily available on Netflix for everybody to watch and all that stuff. And I I really think at this point, people will be happy to shell out money. It doesn't even have to be a physical Blu-ray edition or a DVD edition. They could just put it digitally online and say, hey, you pay us a few bucks and we'll give you... Maybe it could be part of the CBS All Access where they go, hey... Give, since you're giving us your money, give us a little more and we'll give you this Deep Space Nine in HD. And I'm sure they'll get a lot of people interested in watching that. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. They go on to say that the update did not provide a release date, um, but they are still targeting a 2018 release. You can find out more details on the documentary 
at their official website, ds9documentary.com. And now, Shashank, I think the moment you've been waiting for. I am. I, I am at the edge of my seat. All right. So we're going to highlight something this week. I, I called it Weekly Spotlight. It might change over the weeks. Who knows? Depends on the host. Um, but this week we wanted to highlight IDW's new Star Trek Discovery annual comic book by Kirsten Beyer, Mike Johnson, and Angel Hernandez. So, Shashank, spoiler free. If anyone hasn't read it yet, we, we want them to go through and read it. Absolutely. So, Marty, I am incredibly excited to share the thoughts that I have had after reading Star Trek Discovery Annual 2018 by IDW. The official synopsis reads, The USS Discovery is a ship unlike any the galaxy's ever seen, developing tech based on an unstable mycelial network. And it's all in the hands of science officer Lieutenant Stamets, tasked with perfecting it to win the war against the Klingons. Explore the origin of the mycelial network in an all-new story that ties directly into the hit CBS All Access series. This comic is amazing. It's one of my favorite Star Trek comics I've read uh, in the last few years, and I don't give that out lightly. I'm very selective about the Star Trek comics I like, simply because, in my opinion, there are a lot more bad ones than than good ones in the last few years that we've gotten. You can actually go back to Reading Trek and we did a review of a crossover that we talked about in in one of the episodes. It was the Star Trek Green Lantern crossover. And not unlike that comic, this is also full of color, very bright, very positive, very hopeful. And this, the story to me felt like a true origin exploration of the 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 drive the the fung the spore fungus drive it was not just oh, the, cool. the yeah the the best part was it was not just a story about how did this fungus come about the story actually went deeper into the relationship between the fungus itself and why lieutenant stamets is drawn to it so much so the story takes place mainly from his point of view. And it's the comic itself is over 50 pages. So there's a lot of story to go around. And we see no spoilers. We see a lot of uh, cool little Easter eggs, cameos, appearances from our other favorite Star Trek Discovery characters. But the best thing about this show, uh, I'm sorry, the best thing about this comic is that it is a very nice man plus machine story. And it's a person exploring something that he does not realize that yet how integrally connected to it to it he is and the artwork is beautiful the coloring is incredible it's written by Kristen Bayer who is I believe one of the writers on Star Trek Discovery she is yes and it's the 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 story honestly is very very positive which I found it an in which I found incredibly surprising. That was my takeaway from the story is that they showed this man plus machine story about how one person finds out what this drive can, what this drive can do and what this fungus can do and how it can help while also dealing with everything around the ship and how all of it falls together. That is the story to me. And there are 
a few preview pages on comic book resources that you can go and find and the right off the bat on page 2 there is this beautiful double splash where Stamets is standing and talking to just essentially the the garden that has come out of this this spore fungus and it's incredible this i am going to stop talking in a few seconds but i love this comic you guys should go out and buy it I agree. I just actually bought the digital copy while you were talking about it, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to reading it. There is there is some incredibly beautiful neon style black background, neon light sparks, streaks, and in the center of it all is damage, which I loved. It's 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 a very very nice uh story and of course he's on the cover, so I don't I don't think this is a spoiler but Culver is also on the in the book and they they have some nice little beats that we we re, we can read and enjoy over and over uh, but one final compliment I have to give out on this book is the cover it's very very reminiscent of a Star Trek Discovery poster for a Star Trek Discovery poster in the style of the motion picture or the Wrath of Khan or the first six movie posters where it's just portraits of the face faces and necks of the characters with those lines of light and i love that i uh, and in the center of it is stamets it's it's a it's an all all around wonderful book i i'm glad you bought it i hope everybody who is who's listening buys it and gives it a chance and enjoys it and spreads the word around yeah it is a beautiful cover i'm looking at it right now and it's it's incredible oh and is that tilly in the background look at you tilly yep <laughs> All right, incoming transmissions. Let's take a look at what's new and upcoming around the Tricorder Transmissions Network. First up on Shore Leave, this week hosts Heather and Jeff are back with the 40th episode of Shore Leave. On this episode, they are joined by Reading Trek host me and my co-host William Conlon. Um, we talked about all things WonderCon 2018, and we had a blast talking about that. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it yet, Shank. It's it's on my to listen to list, but I'm with these three people. I am with these four people. I'm sure it'll be a delightful episode to listen to. Um, and speaking of reading Trek, we just released episode eight of Reading Trek. That is the one that Shashank was just talking about. Um, he joins William and I to boldly go by Lantern's Light, where no podcast has gone before, into IDW Publishing's Star Trek Green Lantern epic comic crossover. We got a lot of positive reviews. We had some people yes, who had interesting opinions. It was a wonderful episode. I had a delightful time. And I I really just want to live in your podcast recording room now. So every time you record, I can jump in there and add my thoughts and feel like I'm contributing. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to come back to talk about this Star Trek Discovery Annual in depth. You got it. Uh, we can do a two-hour <laughs> breakdown or a three-hour breakdown. I am there. I love this comic. And I'm more awesome. than happy to to break it down further on reading track. Wonderful. Speaking of wonderful, we have a wonderful new show. I don't know if you guys have heard of it yet. It's called Trek Profiles. And there are two episodes in. The second episode just dropped. In, and in it, John Krasinski interviews Trek fan Haley Stoddart to find out what about Star Trek she's drawn to. I love these one-person, inside-the-actor-studio-style breakdowns of why they love Trek and learning about these fans' personalities through the franchise we love. It's It's been delightful. It, it was a wonderful episode and I just am excited to see what else they have. 
This is actually a really great podcast. I'm I'm actually loving this one a lot. Um, I'm glad you said inside the actor studio because that's exactly what it's like, except it's Trek fans. It's us talking about why we love Trek, and I think it's incredible. All right, and coming up soon on Disco Trek, hosts Heather and Jeff are gearing up for a character deep dive on Cadet Tilly, featuring some of our friends from the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention group on Facebook. Um, We're planning to do more of these character deep dives, and we want everybody to be a part of the discussion. So if you head on over to the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention group on Facebook, um, you'll see a post about every two weeks inviting you to uh, comment to be entered into the drawing to win a spot on the show. Did you listen to the last one about Gabriel Lorca? I absolutely did. And one of the fascinating things about just our network in general is that we have something for everyone. And Disco Trek just seems to be a friendly, positive place for people to go and just talk discovery and enjoy not just the the discussions on the episodes, but now that they've they've been done and we're going to not see them for a while, they've taken another direction where they go in and break down each character with people who just enjoyed the show or people who just have opinions and I love that Disco Trek gives them the opportunity to join us and be a part of the network and give give us their opinions and it's just all around if Trek Profiles is about the person, Disco Trek now with this series has become about the Discovery characters and it's it's delightful. Speaking of delightful, we <laughs> are we are now finally into something that we've been talking about for a while, but we just just dropped our latest episode, I believe last week, and we're calling it the Section 25 series. It's going to be, we're hoping it'll be a 25 episode series drawn out over the year where we'll just spend time talking about everything DS9 and how much we love it. And we'll take things from DS9 and compare them and contrast them to the real world geopolitics and social culture. So our first episode is part one of the five part, 25 fascinating characters of DS9. And in it, we talk about Kira, we talk about Tosk, we talk about the Jem Hadar, Tom Riker, and the Grand Nagus. Barry and I, we had such joy throughout the episode for all these characters and we we were critical of some of them and we tried to pull out the best real world comparisons to all these characters and what they represent to us in the world of history in the world of politics in the world of social perceptions and pop culture and we are enjoying every minute of this and we hope people will continue to hang on to us on this ride as we get into all the other characters, all the other episodes that we want to give special focus to and celebrate DS9 through. I enjoyed the episode. I listened to the whole thing. I thought it was great. Thanks. Everybody's favorite podcast, Trek Ranks. This week they did Space Battles for their 25th episode. Jim Morehouse was joined by Bill Smith and Dan Davidson of Trek Geeks to figure out where heart and emotion crisscross with special effects and explosions when highlighting your favorite space battles. This was another in a long line of enjoyable Trek ranks. Those guys are Trek ranks, Jim Morehouse and just the people he brings on. Everybody seems to have figured out, man. I, th- I just, every time I listen to one of their episodes, 
I just feel bad that we haven't gotten to that level yet. But it's a it's a good problem to have, and it's a wonderful show. And this episode was no exception. Yeah, and there's no competing here on Tricorder Transmissions Network. We're all family. <laughs> well said. Well said. But yeah, there is something for everybody on the network. And if you're enjoying one or all of our shows, consider becoming a patron of the network by visiting Patreon.com/slash The Tricorder Transmissions for as little as one dollar a month. Um, your donation can get you access to unedited shows, exclusive patron roundtables, and much, much more on the horizon. Um, I think Reading Trek is about to um, start something where we have our patrons pick out the novels we are going to read next, as well as we want to start doing patron chats about those novels. So keep an eye out for that. Anything you're planning to do for, for Patreon? We we have a we have a lot of things planned for our patrons, but uh, we just recently sent in one of our behind the scenes blooper style episodes where before we actually start recording each polytrex, Barry and I will set up our mic, we'll try to do we'll try to have a test talk session and every now and then before we know it we'll get into a topic and 30 minutes will have gone and we'll never have actually gotten to the episode so we realized hey this might be a good opportunity for all as all our patreon listeners to jump in and listen to all kinds of things that barry and i talk about barry asked me a lot lot of questions about india and i tell him all the cool things about the country all the not so cool things about the country we just have anecdotes we share i i make up jokes that he pretends to laugh at it's delightful and just hopefully this is not a, a spoiler or i'm not going to get in trouble for saying this but i recently also saw something very exclusive that is coming to the the patreon folk from tricorder that blew my mind and i cannot wait for everyone to just see it and have their minds exploded. I'm not even sure I know about that. But that's exciting. <laughs> you can get all that and more for only $1 a month. Well, that's all the Trek news we have to share with you this week. But if you'd like to continue the conversation, you can visit us on Twitter at Weekly Trek, that's W-E-E-K-L-Y-T-R-E-K, and online at thetricordertransmissions.com. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you individually, Marty? Oh, you can find me at Time Travel Marty on Twitter. I'm also a member of the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas Facebook group. As well, you can find my podcast, Reading Trek, on Twitter at Reading Trek. How about you, Shashank? People can find me babbling and rambling and ranting on Polytrex. That and the that the Twitter handle for that is at Polytrex, P-O-L-I-T-R-E-K-S. You can also find us on Facebook on at Polytrex. But we are a lot more active on Twitter, and we love talking to people. We love talking about the news that drops, and we love sharing some real-world thoughts on real-world news every now and then. So I'd like to think we have we all have it covered. My personal Twitter is at Shashankavaru, S-H-A-S-H-A-N-K-A-V-V-A-R-U. If you actually followed that and, and followed me on, on Twitter, you are awesome, and I love you. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, well, I think that is all the Trek news we have for you this week. But until next time, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.